Hello there, Ed Goodman here and welcome once again to the Freelance Heroes podcast. Uh, episode 17 we're at this time. I hope you had a good summer and ready for the autumn ahead. Uh, back in episode 11, we met three people who started their freelancing journey this year. One, without any idea of the type of year we were going to have. And two, after the COVID situation had started. A tough year for anyone, no matter how much experience you've got. But now we're going to meet them again, individually this time, uh, and learn more about what their journey's been like since they started, and more specifically, since we met them back in July. And we're going to start with Jyoti Rambai. So before we catch up, let's just remind ourselves on who she is and what it is she does. So I'm a journalist. I've been um, working at local papers and national papers since um, since 2014. Um, my last job, I was working as the group editor for Trade Association Ipsy, um, and I was managing their magazines. Um, so I left in February. Um, I initially just wanted to go freelance for a few months. Um, and at the time, I just needed the freedom and the flexibility that freelancing offered. But now, um, well, I wasn't expecting the lockdown to hit and the job market to pretty much dry up. So as I think I was OK up until about April, but May was quite tough for me because I didn't have much work at all. So I just decided to focus on initially it was just put, pulling my portfolio together. And then I thought I might as well just set up my own website and my own sort of company, if you like, um, offering anything from proofreading and editorial consultancy to PR work. So I've done a lot of PR work as well. Um, so I spent that time doing building the website, putting everything that I had together. And yes, it has paid off. I've now got one client. I'm working with a company on a voluntary basis um, and I'm and I'm also doing some shifts at uh, the Sun newspaper so I've got a few ad hoc stuff going on but yeah it's been an interesting journey if you like. Okay it's time now to catch up with Jyoti and while you're listening to this if you have any advice for Jyoti any questions about Jyoti that will help you on your journey then of course you can connect with her she'll give you her details at the end or you can email podcast at freelance-heroes.com but let's catch up with Jyoti enjoy Jyoti it's a delight to see you again I can't believe it's been six weeks it's um it's Flame just on one hand feels like time has taken this this is the longest year ever but yet at the same time it feels that that it's all flying by. I don't know where we sit, but here we are, uh, several months into your freelancing journey. Six weeks, six weeks since we spoke at episode eleven. So, specifically during these last six weeks since we met, what's what's it been like? Um, it's actually been quite good. Um, so my freelance stuff has um, sort of taken off a bit. I since we last spoke, I've got myself a new client. Um, and I've started to get a lot of the admin stuff sorted as well. So I've officially registered as self-employed. I've got myself business insurance and I'm actually now looking for an accountant as well. So, um, yeah, things have, been, things have been good. Looking for an accountant. One of us is going to get a deluge of um, comments after this, um, <laughs> after you've mentioned that sentence. Um, so when you're, how have you gone about finding 
the tools that you need, such as um, the insurance? Have you just have you got a network of, of people that you rely on or is it a sheer result of Google searching? A bit of both really. Um, a bit of Google searching, looking at comparison websites, speaking to people. Um, I've been working in like a um, small business area for about three years and I used to work for um, the trade body Ipsy as well. So I have a few, made a few contacts throughout my time there. So um, one of the things I did struggle with that was um, because of the industry that I work in, not everywhere would give me a quote um, because working in PR and journalism is actually considered high risk. So sometimes, depending on the company you go with, you have to have an underwriter write a policy for you specifically. High risk because? Um, well, I think it's to do with the fact that you can get like defamation and slander cases and you're quite open to risk generally anyway because of um, it's quite public facing. Right. OK. So high risk generally, COVID aside, it's a. Yeah. Uh, so you fell in, I think, would be the right phrase of calling it into freelancing. Um, as we heard uh, at the beginning of this episode, you started out uh, looking for work, but kind of became a freelancer. So now you're, oh, crikey, it must be six months into the journey now. I won't work it out my fingers, but now we're about six months into the journey. Do you feel that going that going freelance was still the right decision for you? Has it given you a taste to want to do more freelance? I guess what I'm trying to ask is, if a full-time job came up versus clients that meant you were full-time freelancing and you're you know you were full you were at capacity level which would you take honestly I don't know I like the idea of the security of a job the regular income and the benefits you get with that but I like the freedom and the flexibility that you get with freelancing so I think if I'm honest it would have to be dependent on that on that job was it something that I really wanted to do and was it going to help me um progress in my career and in my professional development to where I want to be so I think it'll be quite a few factors that I'd weigh up um I have been keeping an eye on the job market as well um to have a look to see if there's anything that fits what I want to do but it's very slow and actually a lot of the stuff is contract work so that's where the freelancing stuff has come in handy um but like I said, it, I'm keeping my options open. I'm not going to say yes or no to one. So um, you've won a few more clients, which is great. How how have you won them? I mean, I, I, what I mean by that is because you've been brilliant to what you do. But what I mean is, um, where did you hear about them? What was that pitching process like? Talk us more about how you got that client. And I, and I specifically ask that, of course, because you know, you are new, you've got years of experience, but you're new to being self-employed. And I wondered how much that worked, whether the fact that you've got your experience, the fact that you're new to freelancing made a difference given your experience behind you. Um, so actually it was they that found me. Um, Even better. So, so, um, so for example, my latest client, he said he just did a search on LinkedIn, Google, just looking for freelancers or freelance people that dealt with press, media, relations, PR, 
and he found me um, through that. Um, he, he liked my background. Um, the biggest thing for him was the fact that I'd worked in with small businesses and a knowledge of um, working with in business, if you like. Um, so, yeah, he invited me for um, a coffee and a chat. And, yeah, after that, we just worked out the logistics. And, and great. And, and is it journalism work or is it PR work or is it editing work? Because I know that you're a journalist by trade, but you've naturally kind of migrated into other related fields too. It's This one's a crossover. So, it's, um, so he's hired me for my services as an editorial and press consultant, so helping him get a story into the press. So writing nice. that story as well. Um, so it's a bit of both, but mostly, yeah, I guess mostly PR. Okay. And do you find, do you enjoy that? I guess if you, let's say that you're going to go full freelance uh, and, you know, the idea of looking for a permanent work is off the table. I'm not saying it is, but let's just say for this example, would you go, would you look to to become more PR related? Because when you mentioned it, when we spoke in the f- episode 11, I sense that there was a, you know, you were quite enjoyed, you were quite enthused excuse me about becoming free but, but about the PR side of things which you hadn't really been as quite exposed to in this sense before so or are you taking on the work but looking more and more for the journalist side bit of both I I do quite enjoy it um and I like some of the more campaign side stuff um that you do within PR and building a strategy to get your voice in or a message heard um, and I like the stuff to do with um, working around um, certain lobbying groups. Uh, so, like one of the stuff I'm doing around is self-employed taxation, and um, it's been in the media quite a lot recently. Um, but if I were to look at, say, corporate PR, I don't think I would like that as much as what I'm doing right now. Um, and I think there's quite a bit of a difference between the two. And and the reason you wouldn't like it is because? Um, well, I haven't really had much experience of it, but just a lot of people that I've spoken to, um, often they work in an agency environment. So it's quite fast-paced. Um, it's not, it's just all about delivering what the client wants. So what the clients want in terms of content, what they want their messaging for the press and trying to sell those stories to the media. Whereas I think, the reason I like the other stuff is because there's a cause behind it. If that makes sense. And you're getting, you're still finding people, speaking to people about how something has affected them. So I guess there's a little bit of journalism involved in that sense. So the experience that you're able to put to your freelance business, the actual writing, the editing, the PR side of it, I don't suspect that much has changed too dramatically since you were working for Ipsy and for your for your other work too but of course the bit that would have dramatically changed is working on your business focusing on your admin doing writing for yourself um, looking to build your client base etc how have you adapted to to those new roles Um, it's funny you should say that because two days this week that's literally all I've been doing Um, (laughs) It's hard and what I will say is it's so easy just to leave it on the side and prioritise other stuff and then the, that workload just keeps building up and 
I guess, for example, this week, I was just like, right, it's a little bit quiet, so I just have to be really disciplined and get on with it. So, for example, simple things like um, making sure I've got receipts and putting them all in one place and then creating a spreadsheet to make sure I've jotted down my expenses um, and, like, simple things like getting my Oyster Club receipt so that I've travelled for a meeting so I can put that aside. Because if you leave that too late, you won't be able to go back enough time to get that. So it's little things like that, that it is a bit burdensome because you think, oh, I could actually be earning money while I'm doing this. But it kind of has to be done, doesn't it? It does. And I mean, the right attitude, uh, I think, there too. Um, I remember reading once um, where there is this idea that, you know, when you have a dentist appointment, when you have a dentist appointment, that's it. That dentist appointment is there in your diary. And if a client wants something done, you say either OK or if they want to arrange a call, I can't do that hour because I've got the dentist. You don't need to tell them, but you know that's the reason. So having a similar attitude towards your own your own stuff. So I can't see a client or do client work on a Monday morning because this is my, you know, in inverted commas, dentist slot. Uh, can sometimes prove to be beneficial. So I just want to delve into this then a bit more deeply. Which, when you're working on your own business, what are the bits that you put off? I mean, is, are, are, they, are they the ones you've mentioned, the, the receipts and the oyster? Because my next yeah. question is going to be, which ones are the bit you don't mind doing? Stuff that I don't mind doing is stuff by updating my website. Or actually, one of the things that I'm looking into doing now is getting some business cards. Because I quite like the designing and all of those sort of things. And I might get a bit carried away with it um or don't realize that time's actually flown by because I've been so engrossed into it so things like that I don't mind but it's I guess what I'm trying to say is the tricky stuff with the numbers that's the thing that I put <laughs> off because that takes so a lot it, what is also as well it's just I think for, for for you know for some people numbers is is like nectar um for some people it's um the opposite <laughs> um and um and and it's easy to to procrastinate around around the things that you really don't want to do how do you find talking about your website how do you find writing for yourself compared to writing for a client um well in terms of my website my website's more just about the services i offer in my portfolio so it's not necessarily writing for myself it's just okay. when i launched the website i just did some like the bare bones, if you know what I mean. And then as I've had time, I've gone like, right, I need to do this little section and put it on my website because some of it's quite um, time consuming, getting all the files together. And I'm dealing with quite like large um, files as well. So it's, yeah, like the other thing is my laptop does heat up when I'm doing some of that stuff. So I have to be careful. <laughs> Yeah, I use that excuse as well. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> so, um, do you? Uh, so, did you put your website together yourself? Yeah. So, I, I, again, when you were, because I'm thinking of uh, people who are either starting the process like you are, or are thinking of going freelance, who might be listening to this and thinking, "Crikey, I'm going to do all these things: business cards, like you mentioned, bookkeeping things, like you mentioned, an accountant." Um, but your but, but part of that, of course, is having a website too. So what did you use and how comfortable were you putting it all together? Was it easy, difficult? That, tell us a bit more about the putting your website together. 
So I used Wix, um, and that's quite straightforward. It's template-based, and it's, um, it's literally like boxes you click and drag. Um, Squarespace was the other one that I looked into, um, and they're very, very similar in terms of what you get for your money. Um, the only difference is the sort of templates that are available. Um, now, I have experience of building a website in wireframes, and I know how to use Adobe Creative Suite, so I have got the freedom to do certain things myself in terms of design and putting things together. But if you don't, both Wix and Squarespace, I would say, are quite straightforward, and you don't necessarily need a designer or someone to bring in and build it for you. You started this journey in the back end of last winter slash early spring, which seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, what do you know now that you wish you knew? And, and I asked this question, I think, when, in the last episode, but we've got more to add to that. So what do you wish you knew now? Or oh, sorry, what do you know now that you wish you knew back in February? Um, actually, I think the biggest thing is contacts i wish i'd just approached my contacts sooner i thought that i needed to get everything ready like my website and launch everything before i started approaching people but actually i think i could have done that much sooner and i think um those sort of things are work in progress and when you're starting out people actually are quite um relaxed about those sort of things um and if, for example, if you've got your LinkedIn profile up to date with all your experience and all relevant experience, um, I think that probably would count for more. Okay, interesting point. So what was the order of things? That moment you decided I'm going freelance. Well, what, what? so again, I was a bit, so I had a few stuff going on um, before, but I always thought that was temporary and I was adamant I'm looking for a, a job. Um, because when I left my old job, I always had the plan of only doing the contracting work or freelance work for a short period of time. And I kind of wanted to stick to it almost. But like as, as we hit the peak of lockdown and just looking at jobs, people were really slow to come back to you. Or when they did come back to you, they said, I'm really sorry, but we can no longer, we're no longer hiring. It was just like, right, I've got to do something. Um, to just sort of build up my portfolio or profile and just actually get some sort of income um, because what I was doing wasn't giving me a lot of income. It was just keeping me going to cover my minimal costs, such as rent. Yeah, of course. So there are a variety of different tools and apps that you would have used during your early stages, whether it's LinkedIn, as you just mentioned, whether it's writing tools or editing tools or bookkeeping tools or design tools, whatever that might be. If I was to ask you the three most important websites or apps that you couldn't have lived without, I know there are alternatives often, but they've been very, you know, reliable for you. that You couldn't have lived without during this time. What would you what would you say they are? Probably LinkedIn has got you my top one because I've done pretty much everything through that um, and it's how we met yes exactly I mean I'm not yeah. saying this has been the highlight of your six months but it's certainly how we met <laughs> um and then the other stuff I haven't really used any apps um 
or any bookkeeping apps, anything like that. Um, I think the other stuff is just stuff like Wix and then just like my, like we call it your black book of contacts in journalism. So just that. Um, and that's kind well, of that, it. I mean, really. that, that fits into this, that book of contacts, however that book is, whether it's a kind of physical notebook or whether it's uh, I'm holding up a notebook this really works for radio um, but a physical notebook or whether it's a, a tool that you're storing it in I mean that sounds pretty it, you've mentioned it a few times obviously sounds quite quite a priceless thing to have um, yeah. But yeah sorry and, and a third one honestly I don't think I have a third one so when you went to your book of contacts did you have you have you been through it all or oh. I mean have you literally gone, they would never respond to me? Or have you thought, ah, oh, I might as well email them because you never know? So I've done a bit of that. I wouldn't say I've exhausted my list. I've So I've been quite selective of who I've approached first. Um, and then I've just slowly worked my way down. And as things have come off when I've um, approached someone, I sort of focus on that a little bit and make sure I get that or land that client if you like, or get that work if they're recommended in you to someone else. Um, so, like right now, I'm almost working at full capacity, so I'm okay at the moment, but I still have put a few feelers out, and there's people that have put me on their list of freelance writers. Um, like, for example, um, City AM have got me on their, on their list of people that they could approach. So it's making sure that your name is out there and it's still out there, if that makes sense. And how do you help that happen? How do you ensure your name is still out there other than being busy? Um, just um, there's no harm in just regularly dropping someone a line um, just to keep them on your radar. Um, and a lot of the time, a few people do appreciate that. And sometimes that's how I found like oh, actually, we might have something for you. Um, would this be okay? Or how would you feel about this? So um, often those sort of things are just one-off. But at the end of the day, it's income for you. You mentioned you're at full capacity. Now, is your judgment of full capacity um, based on the number of clients or the number of hours you work or the amount of income you're generating? Um so the number of hours I work. So okay. at, at the moment, I've, I work roughly between three to five days a week. Um, sometimes there's a few weeks where I was really busy and I was doing six-day weeks. So overall, I'm sort of averaging out to almost full-time. Um, as for freelancing, it's no such thing as a nine-to-five, five days a week. It's a bit of... Bit of everything really yeah no fair enough that's very true so how would you describe your clients because you know you you've had a few you're at full capacity now how would you describe the type of businesses they are or the type of people they are uh, small businesses actually um mostly i think um and i quite like that actually because um i've worked in that sort of industry i'm from a journalist side i've been doing stuff with um back in business, which is all about um, small businesses and giving them a voice. And then, so I know some of the struggles small businesses have generally anyway, so working with them is quite nice as well from a different perspective. Um, and why, 
here's a, a, a often I think a tough question to answer, but I'm going for it. Why should uh, only because it's often about confidence? Why should a client choose you over another journalist or another press consultant or editor? Well, I guess that's a it's a tough one, but I guess all I can say is um, I have the experience, the knowledge, and um, you can trust that I'll always do my best to deliver the goals that you set me. Uh, the being a uh, is freelancing what you've expected it to be? Yeah, I think so. It has its highs and lows, and uh, I just wish people could have seen your face as you answered that. That was a, <laughs> a yes, but only in partly good way and partly a bad way. I'm not sure which. Yeah, I think um, like when I speak to a lot of people who have just started out, or when I've interviewed freelancers, um, people think that sometimes it's going to be really great, especially if they've lined up loads of clients. But it's the lulls that you always get and it's inevitable with um, freelancing and especially in the times that we're living in at the moment you just can't call it um, you could be doing regular work but at the drop of the hat you could lose that and if we do get a second wave who knows what's going to happen have you done anything to prepare for that um no but i am trying to so one of the clients I've got is a short project. So what I want to do is try and get someone that I can get some guaranteed work from or a second client that I can get some guaranteed work from. Because I've got one, um, it would be good to get someone else to get more guaranteed income more. That will secure me at least up until Christmas. And uh, often, well, I, I, let's deal with this side. Uh, I try and focus on the positives. But what's been the lowest point of your journey so far? Um, I think, so May was a time where I was decided to build my website now, but that was my first month where I didn't have any work. Um, I just finished doing some stuff for the sun in April, I think it lasted up until the first weekend of May, and then I literally had nothing, and that was quite hard. Like, I had to find something to do and keep myself motivated, and it's that I think that's the hardest part keeping us motivated and I just had this determination that I was going to find something whether it was a permanent job a freelancing job and I was gonna like I just poured like all my energy into just trying to get it get the freelancing stuff to work because I thought that was the best chance I had uh, I'm, I'm glad you did uh, I know certainly it seems that it's it's gone well that you have how would you when you reflect on yourself um, as Jyoti, the person, not the freelancer and the pressure side, but all of you, how would you, uh, what have you learned about yourself, would you say, uh, over this time? Um, I guess, well, I don't know. It's, I guess I'll say I'm very determined and tenacious about things. I... I try not to let things get me down. Um, and one of the things I realise is whatever happens, I will always try and find a way through it. And I'll try and do it. I'll look at things quite rationally. 
that must uh, be quite a strength. Obviously, being a freelancer, a new freelancer means you're learning so much about the business side of things, not just about the work you do. So no doubt you have a world of sympathy around you for when it gets tough and that you can share your celebrations with. But where do you seek empathetic support to help you through some of the more professional challenges you have? I guess friends and family, um, but family from a personal perspective, even friends from personal, but also friends that I've met through work that have become more like friends rather than just acquaintances or colleagues. Um, and I've met people like across different industries. So um, I often either ask for advice from them or actually sometimes we've met up and they've asked me what I'm doing or something and they're like oh why don't you try this because it will help you with x y and z and actually that's been really helpful having those sort of friends and giving me <coughs> advice from their professional experience. So how did you find those freelancers because I mean there are two million freelancers out there I'm sure many are willing to give advice but it sounds like these have been quite important for you so how did you find them? Honestly, just through my time working at Ipsy, prior to that as well, like people, I used to work at the Express before that um, and work for the Observer, so people that I've stayed in touch with, really. And also as a journalist, like, I've spoken to loads of people. I've interviewed a variety of people. And some people that you recognise like, on Twitter or and they'll reach out to you or say, oh, do you remember me or X, Y, and Z, and then... You just it's just from that having conversations with people so we set you a challenge at the end of uh, uh our last call which was yeah. to because i asked you who would be the ideal client is and you said the times and the challenge was to have at least started a, cha a kind of a line of communication with the relevant person at the time so what have you managed to tick that box yeah, so I um, I did speak to James Hurley at the time. So he's the enterprise editor. Um, so he did say they're open to pitches from journalists. So I said I'd have a think and we'll drop him, him an email at some point. Okay, so now we need to, to set that challenge. When's that going to happen? Um, I don't know. I Actually, it's funny because even though I've said that, I've been doing a lot of stuff with The Sun recently. So... Um, I'm going, I don't know when, but when I think of an article which is very The Times, then, or if I come across something or a story, I will certainly pitch it. Okay, well, let's um, let's hopefully, maybe it will happen at some point before we chat again in about five or six weeks' time. So you're, um, there, there will be people listening to this who are freelancers, I mean, across the world it seems but uh are freelancers across all experiences and many of those listening will be those who like you were at the very process of starting out or even contemplating starting out so what would you say to that person who is listening who is where you were in february that might help them in a way that um they yeah what would you say to them i'll say just go for it you never know. And even if it becomes a short term thing, you can always keep your eye out on the job market. But 
you never know. So I'll just say, just go for it, because otherwise, what have you got to lose? I love it. I love it. A positive way to uh, end it. Jyoti, it's great that, I mean, you sound so well-organized. Um, you um, have obviously come through some of your own challenges at the early parts of this. And quite frankly, if you can get through freelancing in this year, you can get through freelancing in any year, perhaps. Um, but you've you've done amazingly. So uh, we'll we'll keep we'll keep we'll stay along this journey with you as well, and and hope for for many more um, uh, months and years of success. But if anyone does want to get in touch with you because they've got a question for you where should they go or where should they go to find out more about you um so um you can contact me on linkedin so my name is just jyoti rambai or you can go to my website which is jr-media.org and or email me which at contact at jr-media.org and I'll put all those links on the show notes on the Freelance Heroes website as well. Jyoti, it's wonderful to see you again. Um, in uh, I hope Leicester is uh, sunny today for you. And, um, uh, yeah, good luck for the next few weeks. And uh, we'll catch up before the year is out and see where you are then. Thank you for having me on the show, Ed. Thank you, Jyoti. Glad you're at full capacity and long may that continue. If you have any questions that you'd like to put to any of the freelancers that we're catching up with um, or about any episode uh, on this series, then do email me podcast at freelance-heroes.com or search for the hashtag Freelance Heroes across Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, etc. We're going to catch up with Jyoti again in a few weeks' time. Next week, we're going to speak again with marketing consultant Carla Barker. Until then, thanks for listening. Bye for now. (laughs)